Thank you for coming on. Um, I, I know you're a very busy yeah. man and you've got a lot of work to do this summer. So it means a lot. Definitely. I thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, this is very important because you're giving people a platform to educate themselves and giving people a platform to speak their message and help first firsthand experiences, personal experiences so that they are able to understand and educate themselves. So I thank you for that opportunity and what you're doing is great because not only are you educating yourselves, but you're educating other people around you, which will only make this world a better place. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, cause you're a basketball player and a quite successful one. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, talk, not as much recently, but about protesting during the national anthem. And um, I usually hear two arguments. Um, one, it's disrespectful to the flag. And two, I don't want politics in my sports. I think if you look at it, you talked about how I was a busy man, but this is a lot bigger than basketball. This is a lot bigger than life because if you're only saying someone to keep politics out of it, then you're kind of negating what they have to go through in their everyday experiences. Joining a basketball player when you play a game for in the NBA for 48 minutes and you're, you're black every single day of your life. So that's something that is kind of important that politics are just beyond basketball. It's about day-to-day -day life experiences and spreading a message of unity. And you look at LeBron James when he spoke out and the woman said, shut up and just dribble. And, and that is not what sports is about because they have a platform that no one else really has. They have millions of followers. They have people who look up to them. So if you have people who look up to you and you're not speaking out on social issues or standing up for people who look like you, then how are they gonna feel about themselves? I think that protesting it's about america as a whole it's about what we value and what we're about and i think the protesting the kneeling is bigger than what people make it out to be it's bigger than just disrespect of like it's years of oppression years of inequalities and i think people are starting to realize that and understand that the kneeling was not about disrespecting the flag it was about standing up for people's rights and letting people know that this message is about equality and standing for our nation because when you look at it what do you do when you propose to someone and you marry someone you get on a knee and you pray to god so that's basically a sign of respect that we want to make this country a lot better than what it is right now and for the kids that are coming up and do you think colin kaepernick did that because in a way him kneeling at the you know for the national anthem kind of divided the nation i think the kneeling also brought attention and awareness to the subject like people began having conversations. You look at it in schools, but I think people that were talking about, oh, it's disrespecting the flag kind of deterred the message from what Colin Kaepernick was really kneeling about and protesting about because it was really about making our country a better place. And I think he was never disrespecting the flag. He was about spreading a message of peace, love and unity between everybody and trying to make this world like, better for minorities and just spreading awareness on the issue. And like, yeah. I think I saw something that was like, when people protest racism, they feel like they're protesting America. And I kind of like hit home because it's kind of true. If you think about it, like, Colin Kaepernick, the system. Yeah, like Colin Kaepernick, him kneeling, wasn't him protesting the flag, wasn't him protesting that, it was protesting his African-American lives. And I remember I saw something today and it said, like he was talking to a former veteran who found it disrespectful, but also talked to him about his kneeling was sign of, showing a sign of respect because you kneel before someone's grave, 
you know, kneel when you propose to someone, you kneel when you pray. So it's a sign of respect that he wants this nation to be better. And I think that's kind of the overall message that he wants this nation to feel more equal and kind of yeah. brought like, issues like we kind of talked about. Yeah, um, and that, like, I feel like that kind of gets into like Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. Like, all lives definitely do matter. No one's saying that they don't, but when a house is on fire, nobody waters all the houses because all houses matter. They water the one that's on fire. Right now, black lives are on fire. Black lives are in danger, I think. By saying all lives matter, you're kind of negating that that house is on fire, that African-American lives are endangered. So obviously all lives matter, but right now there's one, there's one race who really feels endangered and touched right now, so. Absolutely. That's like a really good analogy. It's like saying like, if I'm like, help, help, my house is on fire. And then, and then all my neighbors are like, no, my house is on fire. And it's like, <laughs> like yeah. no, I need the fire department. Yeah, like, I know, I know. I need the fire department. Sheesh, that's, that's, that's kind of the analogy I'm getting at between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. Obviously, All Lives Matter. Like yeah. every single house, but right now there's one on fire and that needs, that needs tending to, that needs its attention. Why do you think people continue to misconstrue the meaning of Black Lives Matter? I think the media also does that as well. They're kind of highlighting the riots because, okay, that's what people think is exciting. That's what people think, but they don't really highlight the peaceful protests when cops are marching with other, other the protesters and kneeling with them and holding the, holding the, um, the signs with them. They don't highlight that stuff, but they highlight the riots because that's what gets the views and everything like that and gives a bad name towards everything. And the riots aren't good at all. But you look at the protests, that's what they need to highlight. That's what they need to show because that's really what's important. That's what bringing love and peace towards this country. The riots only separate this nation, but the peaceful protests are really what's spreading your message and getting everything, you know. Yeah, like we've talked about before, like these are like very emotional, like fiery, in many cases, angry protests because I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, like, because you feel angry, because you feel like an injustice is being committed against you. Uh, look at what's going on. Um, African-Americans getting killed by cops. And you look at the rate um, that African-Americans are dying from coronaviruses far more than any other rates in America. Then you look at the unemployment rates and then you look at the schooling system and an inner city neighborhood that don't really get funded and that's kind of a built up a built up of frustration and anger and rage growing up as a black man you have to work twice as hard just to get to the same playing field and then you have to work extra hard to get that job and it's still it's still it's difficult and it's hard but you have to know that growing up black you're already at a disadvantage you're already at a disadvantage with how you perceive by the nation that you see by others. So you know you have to work twice as hard. You have to work twice as hard to be better than what someone other so another race is because you know that you're already at a disadvantage. So yeah. And growing up at that disadvantage, does that like is that something that's always in your mind? Like something that you're always thinking about that like like I've got to work harder today. Like I've got to make sure to like try and do my best to outshine my classmates. Definitely, and it's just a competitive edge of me. I think that yeah. personally, I just always want to be the best. But obviously, you know that you have to work twice as hard just to get to that private school. Work twice as hard just to get that job and that opportunity. That's always in the back of your mind. But 
you also have to know that what you do will back the whole race and that because if you're talking to someone that doesn't that isn't a person of color you speak to them you're representing a whole race you're representing your family representing but you're also representing your whole race so if you do something bad they're gonna automatically have the stereotype all black people do this do you believe that's where like the idea of like what it means to be a proper black person comes from where it's like if you don't act a certain way you're not black enough and that's why like when you're talking to a white person you kind of change the way you talk yeah i think code switching is very prevalent and prominent especially at blair academy like because there are a lot of stereotypes that go along with being African-American. If I raise my voice, then I'll be perceived as being an angry Black man. And like, then people won't really listen to me because if I raise my voice, they're not really going to listen because I'm considered an angry Black man. And that's kind of the trouble that you go through. But, but like, I asked the question, like, who are you to tell me if I'm Black enough? Because I'm growing up Black. I go through the same challenges. Like, there is no right way or wrong way to act Black because I'm human and I'm going through the same struggles, going through racism just as everybody else is. And I think it's wrong when people say, oh, you're not black enough. Oh, he's trying to act black. Like you never hear someone saying, oh, he tried to, he's trying to act Indian or something like that. Like, no, you never hear that. Like you only hear, oh yeah, he's trying to act black. Oh yeah, he doesn't act black, he acts white. Like there's no standard for how to act black. There's no how to act black. Just because I speak properly doesn't mean I'm acting white. Just because like I say slang words doesn't mean I'm trying to act like, like that's not right at all to have that kind of stereotype of what it means to be black. Does that frustrate you? Like when like you hear white people like trying to talk like blacker when, when they're around like people of color or does that just like, I don't know. Yeah, it, definitely, it definitely is triggering because they have a kind of idea of what it is to be black, but they have no idea. Like you look on social media, they're like, trying to do this or trying to quote unquote act black and that kind of frustrates you because they don't really know what it's like to be black they don't know what the day-to-day experience is like fearing for your life and constantly being perceived as a threat and i think when people try to say oh, i'm trying to talk black like that's so dumb that's like yeah ignorant because you don't know the day-to-day life experiences that go beyond being black and i think that's kind of demeaning to a culture and i think that's kind of what needs to change because what you see on TV, um, a rapper or kind of a comedian or um, uh, athlete, like they're like, oh yeah, that's what it means to be black. But no, not at all. People say, oh, I'm using slang, I'm acting black. Like, no, that's not true at all. Like, yeah. like it's just frustrating when people say, oh, I'm trying to act black. Or, and then it's those like people- adopting a part of the culture, but not really taking the rest of the culture. You're only taking the parts that you like. Yeah. And the people that normally do that, like, where are they now when these protests are happening? Like, they're not reaching out to their Black friends or trying to make an effort to educate themselves. Like, they still have those common beliefs. So a lot of those people are saying, oh, I'm trying to act, like, they want to act Black, quote unquote. Like, that's just frustrating because where are they when African-American issues are happening, when they see African-Americans getting, they're getting kneeled on and killed on video like none of them are reaching out or posting anything spreading awareness and i think it's kind of frustrating that you think it's so glitters and sunshine to be black like it's obviously great to be black like black and proud but like 
where you when these issues are happening like you're quiet you're behind your screen like you have nothing to say and i think that's kind of the problem yeah so um now i'm gonna take kind of a sharp turn here mm -hmm. and um i just had like some questions um i did my research paper on this but 65 years ago um a 14 year old boy named emmett till was killed in mississippi um do you know about this um yes i do i definitely know about this yeah sorry oh <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um I guess what I was trying to say, Emmett Till basically showed the world that he's not the only one. He was just the most egregious one, right? And that like, we need to stay, like George Floyd isn't alone. He's not an outlier. He's just one of the most egregious cases we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Like, it's not just George Floyd, it's, over 400 years of it and i think that was i think emmett till was a lynching and i think there there is a modern day lynching when you look at ahmaud arbery you look at george floyd and is they're not the only ones and i think emmett till was an example of how bad it was george floyd is an example of how bad it was and it's just boiled up anchor of continues year after year instance accident or instance after instance and i think it's just a lot of built-up rage and aggression that is continuously happen happening and as you said this these protests aren't just for george floyd they're for the multitude hundreds of names of african americans who lost their lives to police brutality and were unarmed and i think it's just a lot of built-up aggression and as you said it's, it's just terrible yeah. Like Emmett Till was so effective because he made people realize, right? He's not the only one. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if instead of like focusing on George Floyd and saying like, like one of the things that we could be doing better now is highlighting the other instances of this happening. Like Rosa Parks decided to not get up from her seat because of Emmett Till. It happened a hundred days after, and she said, I just thought of Emmett Till and I just couldn't get up. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes an egregious act to kind of get people to change and understand just how bad it is. Yeah. And I think hopefully from this that people understand how bad it is and how bad it has been and that we need change. Yeah. Like, I, I just... I just feel so upset. Like I, I feel out of control almost because like, and I'm sure it feels nothing compared to how you feel. Um, it's kind of ironic that I'm saying I feel out of control. Um, now that I think about it, I kind of feel stupid for saying it, but um, I just, I, I guess, I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, however, like if we just all have that mindset that if we can't do anything about it, then nothing will actually happen yeah but we our generation our generation of high schoolers college students people in middle school people in elementary school we're the catalyst for change we're the, we are the future like we are who our our parents are depending on right now and i think we you may say oh i'm out of control but like you are in control to build relationships with people of different races 
you are in control to kind of speak out and spread awareness on the topic. You are in control to educate yourself. And I think a lot of people feel like they don't have control, so they don't educate themselves. They don't reach out and build that personal connection. So we are in control to change this nation. Like, obviously, we can't change. We, we can't change the laws. We can't change the way, the fundamental beliefs of certain officers, certain people. But we can change the way we think, and hopefully that will spread awareness to other people and educate ourselves. So do you really think that that's the best way that, you know, white people, especially white people my age, can really create lasting difference just by reaching out? I think it's very important because I think what's going on now is a lot of people are posting a lot of stuff on their stories. They're posting a lot of stuff, spreading awareness on the topic. And I think that's great and all. And that's that's brilliant because you're spreading awareness on the topic. I think more important is that you make an effort to educate yourself and understand. And I know a few people have reached out to me and saying, I'm here for you, I support you, and I love you. And that means a lot more than posting something on social media because a lot of people right now are doing it because it's kind of the trend. And you think yeah. of people that posted the blackout, blackout Tuesday. And a lot of them, I know personally have had racist views and stuff like that, but I think reaching out personally a personal contact and building that relationship with that person is a lot more and getting to know them will kind of lower the tension and ignorant views that a lot of people have by reaching out because not a lot of people reach out and want to learn more. And I think by trying to go out of your way to understand and educate yourself, and if you talk to someone that you really aren't friends with and getting to know them as a person, you get to admire the qualities of breaking down barriers, as I said. And that's kind of the best way because you're building a personal connection with them. And through their eyes that you know that, okay, I'm connecting with them. I know they have good qualities. I know that they, it's not everything that the media portrays it to be because I know that person personally. And by building that personal connection with somebody, that will only make you feel like, okay, what, what's going on in this world is wrong. What's going on in the way people perceive African-American, the way people perceive people of color is wrong because I know someone that is African-American. I know someone that's a pure person of color. And by getting to know their qualities and their true personality that is bigger than just race and what the media portrays. And I think that, as you said, like that way of connecting with them and making an effort to connect will only, I think, will only build relationships where you understand who they are as a person and not really understand them for who they, what the race is or what the race portrays them as with the media and everything like that. I think a lot of people are scared to make that effort because they're afraid to fail, afraid to, afraid of what they thought, but not what they know. They're going more like, assumption. Or like people like making a fake effort. Like a whole lot of people are posting on their Instagram and posting on their Snapchat, but they're not really doing anything. They're just saying yeah. like, they'll just repost someone else's story and put like a heart over it. And it's like facts. And it's like, do you really care about this? And it seems obvious with certain people that they just don't care. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, that kind of frustrates you. You don't really know if they really care or they don't, but obviously it's great that they're spreading awareness. And I think the ones that really do care will make an effort to reach out to you personally. And that's most important. And I think we kind of touched on this, I think before, but like, obviously there's going to be people that are doing it because they really care. And there are going to be people doing it because it's kind of like the trend. But the people that really care, you know they care because they're going to make an effort to say, okay, I'm supporting you, I'm here for you. And I'm here to educate myself and learn. 
and I'm here for you if you want to talk about anything. If I have any questions, I'll ask you. Like those are the people that are really there to support you. And then there are people that are kind of like hopping on a trend that are like, oh yeah, let me repost this and just try to see what. Yeah, just seem woke, but not really be woke. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't don't speak about it. Be about it. Like, do the action. Perform the action. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know about you, but I thought Blackout Tuesday was, like, really cool in that yeah. it, it was, like, a whole bunch of people coming together. And, and that it showed, like, what we as a generation can do if we all come together. Mm-hmm. And I think that... I think that was a great example. And I also think even better than that was when people would post that caption, like, we are black men, we are proud to be black men, we are black women. Awesome. Yeah. Like, that shows like a lot of joy within black, the black community, black, black women, black guys, black men, like young and old, like showing how like, they're proud of who they are, they're proud of their identity. And that's kind of important. And I think it's important enough for all people to come together during this time time and anytime because that's kind of how Martin Luther King kind of sparked this change. Like people all came together during the bus boycott. People all came together during summer. Like when people come together they can do magnificent things. And I think Blackout Tuesday, the repost of the captions were only examples of how much power we hold as a unit and not separate. I think there's kind of an example like these five, these five fingers are weaker when they're separate, but when they come together, they create a fist and a bond that's a lot stronger than what it was. Yeah. You know, I, I think like, that's like all aspects of the community. Like not only is like, you could say each finger is like a, a black person, but if you think like, this finger is like the black community, this finger is the white community, Asian community, Indian community, Mexican, like whatever, or you could do it by sex or sexual orientation. It's like, if we all come together, we can do so much more than if we like, if if we would just stop fighting based on these like meaningless divisions that we've created. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of things kind of trying to separate, separate us as people and kind of calling, I think there was a reference by the president saying, calling us thugs and kind of deterring it and when you see the rise, that's kind of trying to break apart that fist, breaking apart that unity and kind of kind of spread that hate. But coming together and showing love and unity, that's kind of what's important. And that's what's going to bring us together, fighting against those people that want kind of the division, but creating kind of a community aspect. Yeah, it's like, like the president's trying to keep his support by making one group of the country hate the other and saying, well, if you hate that group, then vote for me. Yeah, and I think that you can look at kind of the different narratives within the people when people are walking around with um with the ar-15s they're considered good people but when people are protesting african-american lives they're considered thugs and then you look on fox news with i believe it's ingram angle i think that's her name and i think uh lebron james is speaking about how police brutality and everything like that it's shut up and dribble and then drew Brees is speaking how i would never let someone disrespect the flag and it's He's, he has a right to speak. Yeah, it's just ironic. Yeah, it is it's extremely ironic. And I think pitting two worlds against each other, having a certain feeling a certain way when an African American speaks, but when a white man speaks, it's kind of it's way different. And I think that's kind of the problem. It's just kind of pitting pitting them against each other, giving 
one in negative negative light and one in positive light. And I think one is trying to shut up the other and one's giving more more influence to speak. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, I could have just said it better myself. It, it really seems that like, especially by like these media organizations, it's become very racialized. That like certain things when done exactly the same and the only differentiator is excuse me is the race that one thing is is done thuggishly and the other thing is done with good intent and morals and yeah and it's kind of like thinking about it like obviously like if i were to go protest right now like am i a thug like you have to kind of ask yourself those type of questions like he's kind of referring to all people that are protesting right now as thugs and i think that's kind of like as a president you're never supposed to refer to your own people as thugs, and especially people that are pro protesting for a good cause and unity and equality. Like these protesters are bringing people together in all 50 states. I think over 10 countries are protesting for African American lives right now. Yeah. And a lot of unity between people, and you're going to call them thugs. And I think that's kind of just, that's not. Well, it's right. immature. Yeah. I saw this quote by Trevor Noah, and I can send it to you, but it was um, when Colin Kaepernick knelt, they said, this is not the right way to protest. When Martin Luther King marched in Selma, they said, this is not the right way to protest. When people marched in the streets of South Africa during apartheid, they said, this is not the right way to protest. There is no what, right way to protest because that's what protest is. It can't be considered right by the system that it's protesting. Otherwise, it's not a protest. I love that. I love that quote. And I also saw something with, I believe it's Don Lemon on CNN. And it kind of talks about, there are two, I think, two things that America is fighting right now. COVID-19 and racism. Right? And that's kind of the two viruses that plague this nation. And the sad thing is that only, hopefully, one of those things will, I'm not saying cured, but, but they're working on a vaccine towards it now, but there's not really a cure for racism. And I think that's kind of the sad thing that's going on. And one has been going on for 400 and something years. And it's just, it's not just now getting attention, but it's getting a lot of media attention now. It's been just as bad every yeah. single year of those 400 years, yeah. but we don't, we haven't been working as urgently on a vaccine for it. Yeah, so I think that's kind of that's sad and just disappointing. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And and it brings me back to like this anger, this or this frustration, because I don't want to like conjure up the image of like angry mm -hmm. black man, but this frustration that must be felt. And one thing that I saw is that like um a lot of celebrities have been outposting. And some celebrities have been facing backlash for their posts. Like Ellen DeGeneres faced harsh backlash for her posts because it didn't seem like supportive enough. And do you think that this is like misdirected or is it, is it justified that like, we need all hands on deck and we need people to really be buying into this? I don't think I am in the state to tell you how much you care, how much you support. But I think that everybody needs to be honest. Everybody, you can't ignore this. And obviously, like, if you don't post, okay, but make an effort to reach out to one of an African-American friend that you have and make an effort to understand what they're going through. 
but there needs to be all hands on deck in creating change, creating unity and equality. Like, I have to ask the question, how hard is it to treat somebody right? Like, how hard is it to treat somebody equal? It's not that hard, but people make it harder on themselves because they try to kind of ignore it and think the world is perfect. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think all the athletes using their voice and their platform only goes to show you how much power and influence that they have. And that is tremendous. And they need to use their voices. Celebrities need to use their voices because everybody coming together will only make this world a better place on the same issue with the same idea that we need to be better. We need to educate ourselves. We'll only make this world a better place. Yeah. If you had one thing to ask a viewer to do, a white viewer to do, what would that be? Just reach out to a person of color. Just reach out, understand where they are, show that you're in support with them. Reach out and understand and learn from them because that's what's important to ed better educate yourself. And I think making that personal connection with someone, that's what's important. And that's what will make this world a better place, just personal connections. Well, I certainly will do that, Jalen. And, and thank you for coming on. It, it meant a lot to talk to you. And I'm really glad I, I got to learn some more. So thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. And this means a lot to me. I think this will hopefully be a catalyst of change. And this world, is, there's a lot of good people in this world. And I hope that this continues to go on. You know what I mean? And keep doing your thing and educating yourself. And I think that's very important. All right.